0: You're listening to The Bloomberg Advantage with Carol Masser and Bonnie Quinn on Bloomberg Radio.
1: Tell me why you All right, you must have picked the song. You, <laughs> <lie>. <laughs> you did. Vinny Catalano is back with us. He's president, global and uh, investment strategist over at Blue Marble Research, based in New York, uh, in our studio. I'm laughing. Um, <laughs> what do you make of the recent uh, activity?
0: Uh, stock market, you mean. U.S. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not the
1: airlines. We don't care <laughs> about that.
0: <laughs> well, the comparison to American and United, um, no comment there.
1: The volatility, will it continue? What is it? Is it a signal to you of something more substantial?
0: I, I'm not that concerned about the volatility. I'm more concerned about the uh, some of the indicators that I look at that measure momentum to the market like what's and measured it in the a, a form of a price and moving averages and all of that. And I've taken what many people know as the so-called death cross, where the 50 day moving average crosses the two hundred day, that gives you too many false signals if you don't let it play out a little bit further, meaning that both of the moving averages have to slope in a particular direction of wherever the crossover was. And, so and be even be careful then, that
1: you don't read it too early. That's correct.
0: And and that's why death cross signals tend to be, you know, uh, too many false signals with that. And and right now Right. At we, as we speak, <laughs> we're getting it. We're getting the 50 crossing the 200-day. The price is it. below. Yeah. Yeah. The slope is down. And over the last 21 years, I ran an analysis, and uh, 10 times it happens up or down. And, and it was even, actually, 10 times up, 10 times down. And out of that, uh, 8 of the 10 uh, the signal was whatever the direction that it was moving in. So if it was bullish in spring of 2009, it remained bullish for quite some time. If it was bearish, like it was in, in 2000, 2008, the end of 2000, and the beginning of 2008, it remained bearish. So the signal has a high probability of uh, uh, of consistency.
2: Now, the thing is, Vinny, you, you get a lot of momentum and a lot of people using charts that don't typically use charts, but suddenly they're trendy because everyone's talking about them. <laughs> the closet and, technicians. Yeah, the closet <laughs> technicians. How do they impact the market, and uh, is it is it suitable for people to be, to be closet technicians?
0: Well, the thing that, that about technical analysis is it, my approach to it, which blends it with fundamental analysis also, uh, the analysis is done separately. Conclusions are reached separately. Fundamentally and technically reach a conclusion. On a technical side of things, I'm not really big on pattern recognition, meaning, you know, head and shoulders, flying wedges, flags, poles, pennants, island reversals, all of those other items there. I, I just can't find um, a good, consistent, predictable uh, a tool to work with that. But this thing, which I call the megatrend uh, a price and moving averages, and then when you blend it together with one tool, which is uh, available to everybody, frankly, on somebody's basic services, MACD, moving averages, convergence, divergence, that that kind of thing measures momentum. And and these sort of things are very good predictive tools. And there's a logic behind it, which is that a force in motion tends to remain in motion. It isn't, you know, this isn't Scientology or Ouija board stuff. But
1: what about when you've got global central banks, um, you know, throw that into the mix. Mm -hmm. And you know, they're doing some interesting moves, continue to do interesting moves that kind of distort the picture, if you will. Yeah,
0: well, that's where you're getting now into the why. Okay, the why is the fundamental side of the equation, and that, that's where you want to have a, like a separate analysis. On in, in terms of the market giving you a signal, if it gives you a bullish signal or a bearish signal, whatever it is, uh, except for the, the the two times, maybe this will be the third, where you have a false signal, and it reverses within three months, so you know right away that once you get that signal in one direction or the other, that then you can look for the Y, and I'll give you two places to look for it. One- we talked about central banks. but The thing about be- about uh, bear markets is that the why doesn't reveal itself until like six months, eight months, nine months Afterwards. later. Afterwards. Afterwards. Think about right. 2008 as an example, 2001 as the two most recent examples. So you don't get the why until later on, and that's the characteristics of a bear market, a bull market top, rolling top, that kind of thing. And then the whole psychological thing and the vested interest and – Well, you, know, you don't think career. we're
2: in a bear market though, do you, Vinny? I do. You do.
0: I do. I think we're at the early stages of it and there's a particular way to play it and, and to do. I don't think this is a correction. Now if we get a false signal, We'll find out soon enough. And it was just a correction. But there are too many other characteristics that are there Such that as? are prob- uh, problematic. Well, I, let me just kind of finish the, the thought in regards to the why. The other one was in um, a Bloomberg Week, an excellent article by a woman by the name of Tracy Alloway. And mm-hmm. when she talked about uh, a Merrill Lynch uh, report and, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a Bridgewater Associates report, I mentioned both of those uh, in regards to uh, risk on, risk off, risk parity and stuff like that. That's another dynamic that kind of gets, you know, uh, into the marketplace. But, uh, you know, it looks like a bear. It smells like a bear. It, it's just a question of how you play this from a, uh, you know, putting in an implement, implementation. Fundamentally, it,
2: why now, though, Vinny? I mean, the, the conditions that are in the market have been in place for a long time. Absolutely. You know, we still haven't got a, a, a rate hike. We can't blame it on that. So, no. so what, what turned it over? If-
0: well, you know, the, the, again, six months, nine months from now, if this is a bear market, it'll get itself revealed. There are many reasons why we had a bull market, and you could argue. Many other reasons, and in some cases the same reason, why the bull market should not have been a bull market for an extended period of time. The issues with the question about China's growth rates and whether they're real, et cetera. A whole range of issues that are out there. Exploded central, balance, uh, central bank balance sheets. All of those uh, elements that have been there, hey, they haven't meant anything. You know, climbing a wall of worry. Corporate earnings are good. Interest rates are low. But the interest rates being low could be argued on the other side. Dealing with, you know, the Fed's actions and dealing with the fact that the bond market is saying one thing about demand and growth, etc. The stock market is going, hey, you know, my valuation so when,
2: when did you start to react then?
0: Now. Uh, The thing you do is in two phases, and specifically what I've done for accounts that we manage. One of them is two weeks ago, uh, when the the first signal came about of the the downside break, I had to sell out of some positions. So I did, and I took out the riskier positions, particularly on a global basis. Then today, earlier today, I had to sell the second wave, because now it looks like we're getting the second push down. That'll probably take us to 1860, give or take on the S&P. We will probably break that. And by the way, Sam Stovall has some great information in regards to bad Augusts and what happens in the following month in September It usually is on average a 4% down when you've had a sharp down in August and the probabilities are 80%. So that's the second step with it. The third step is going to be where I'm out completely on the equity side. and Really, then you'd
2: sell everything, and go to cash?
0: Uh, go to cash and then do some inverse ETFs and get aggressive to the downside, because bear markets are violent affairs. Wow, and, okay. And so, you know, and I've been on here for how many years? First time? Mm-hmm. I'm talking you know. So, you know, this doesn't happen that often.
1: No. So, you got to say what you just said to us in the
0: break. Oh, sure. Um, if this turns out to be a bear market, and if it, and a bear market means that it manifests itself ultimately in the real economy, in the real world, mm-hmm. where we all live, then if uh, there's a high probability that it'll be worse than 2008-09, uh, mainly because the the conditions that you have now are there's a great deal of um, there was much more flexibility back then uh, from the public policy you know side of things. Mm-hmm. This time around, exploded central bank balance sheets, no appetite for debt, and zero percent interest rates. Uh, I read an excellent uh, commentary in Project Syndicate. And um, and the guy talked about Larry Summers' comment yeah. uh, in regards to the equilibrium level to get the economy demand and supply and all of that. And frankly, what I think you're going to see, if this becomes a bear market and then we see it manifested in the real economy, that you're going to see negative interest rates. <laughs>
2: Can I just point out that we're seeing uh, futures for China and Japan and basically all of the Asian economies and markets are lower, pointing lower now, and they should be starting to trade in not the not-too-distant futures. So uh, how many days of this would we have to see, Vinny, before you sort of call it and say, "Yeah, it's definitely?
0: Well, the time frame is, is going to be one to three months um and the pattern seems to be working out really quite nicely with that uh you know sharp breakdown rally counter rally now we get another wave down it fits right within the september time frame breaks to a low maybe a new low light volume heard the comment before on your show in regards to the light volume that's good it all fits right within the parameter uh of of the beginning stages of uh of a bear market maybe it's just a correction but most like a beer market and then with that then you're gonna you'll know. I mean unless this is the first time that it does it differently, that the false signals that have been given in the past have been revealed within you one to three that, months. You said that,
1: shaking your head like... One oh to my. three months. <laughs> well, well yeah, yeah, you know,
0: I mean, it's just, you know, we're in uncharted territory on so many levels. Do you
2: sell everything in a bear market? I mean, is, it, is, is that a stupid question?
0: <laughs> well, I'm not going to, okay? Yeah. Um, I love water resources, so a bunch of ETFs clients have uh, in that area, full disclosure. I and my family do not, but In other ways, we do. Um, So water resources is is terrific. Uh, Some things, if you can wait it out in solar energy. And there are certain areas to be in Mm -hmm. to stay with. Infrastructure is a good play. Uh, But down to the bare minimum, uh, out of international issues, concentrate within the United States, concentrate higher quality, certainly at this phase. And then, and and this is particularly great for those accounts that are like IRAs and, and all of that, inverse ETFs. So they, that's they go the up.
2: ETFs that
1: go short, themselves. In
0: effect, yes. They, mm. they go up when the price goes down.
1: What's the so. real
0: problem here?
1: Is it this prolonged monetary policy that has that finally we now have to pay the piper, if you will?
0: Uh, that's one. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm serious. Like <laughs> sure, what, yeah. what,
1: because if you look at global – I mean, if you look at economic data, sure. U.S. data has gotten better. Sure. Okay, uh, you look at a lot of other places around the world. It's not so great. We know that. Right. We know China is slowing down. I mean, w- so what is it?
0: it? It's not one thing, and it's not one why. I, I believe that it's a number of them. I think that Project Syndicate report brought out one dynamic with it, which deals with this this disconnect between supply and demand and the level of interest rates which really, frankly, needs to be lower than zero mm-hmm. in order to get that, that equilibrium going. Uh, on an international basis, you do have bubbles that have been blown. You have the whole China thing over there with the ghost cities. And now with this transition, hopefully— to a, um, you know, to a demand-based, consumer base that that's running into problems. They seem to be mismanaging a whole range of levels of issues that are there. Uh, I'll tell you one thing that I really don't like that almost no one talks about. Maybe Stratfor might talk about this, but no one else that, that I'm aware of, and that I'm very uncomfortable with this whole idea of you know, pushing the Russian bear into a corner. You know, with uh, the, the Saudis continuing to pump oil and and energy prices as low as they are, and that's hitting the Russian economy. And wow, you know, you're talking about a country with nuclear weapons, and you know, there's so much stuff that's out there that, that is really and, kind aligning, of itself and <laughs> aligning
1: itself with China,
0: and aligning it, itself with China. There's just there's just so much stuff out there that to think that the market deserves a valuation level above its average. Ah, so I just, is there I an option for
2: upping your allocation to bonds as opposed to going into inverse ETFs?
0: No, I would just go into cash. Because bonds are going to go down maybe they'll go up. I mean I'm not in love with the idea of buying a ten year treasury at two percent or two and a quarter percent. Um I think the rates could go lower mm-hmm. because of the environment that I'm, I'm describing. Uh, Guy Hazelman talked QB.
1: about that, that with us. Especially the, Guy Hazelman over yeah. at Scotiabank, um, you know, and he's been really right on, on a lot of these calls looking for lower rates even on that 10-year.
0: Yeah, it, it's just uh, – and, and that's indicative of a U.S. economy and of a global economy that is problematic. Uh, and to your point, mm-hmm. Carol, have we ever – we never got to escape velocity – Mm-hmm. We're still on the morphine of government intervention in the form of monetary policy. So with that, the Economist brought this up. I've been talking about this for years. The Economist brought this up recently. The Wall Street Journal had an article about it. I'm sure Bloomberg Business Week had an article about it. You know, we've got a situation Actually, here. Actually,
2: the where, cover of Businessweek at the moment is by Peter Coy and uh, it's all bears. Yeah, there you go. All all bears, you, bears, you,
0: yeah. you know, you, you just, if we get a downturn now, oh Okay, got, sorry. Two months, though, we'll know. Three months? Yeah, I think that by the next time I'm on your program, in so November, then we, then we can kind of, you know, what, you hey, hey, we'll, you know <laughs> we'll have a better idea Vinnie, right now. Vinny Catalano, yeah. thank, thank you so much.